Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. We have a lot of new listeners, so first I'm going to do sort of a reintroduction to who we are at the Truly Fit Podcast, how we run ourselves on a weekly basis, and the uh, who this podcast is for exactly. So we have a Monday and a Thursday podcast. On Mondays, I interview an expert in the fitness and health and medical realm. It could be a physician, a registered dietitian. It could be a personal trainer, somebody, a health coach, somebody who is going to provide value for my audience in the health and fitness and medical space, whether that is from a business perspective, right, a wealth perspective, or whether that is an actionable, tangible uh, information that we can better our bodies and better our clients' bodies and lives with, science-based approach conversations about how we either talk to clients or how we ingest new information that we can pass on to clients to uh, to, to make them healthier, because ultimately that's our goal as fitness and health and medical professionals. Uh, podcast is for general population who are looking to better themselves, looking to get some great health and fitness and medical tips, and it's for health and medical and fitness professionals who are looking to better their business and just learn a little bit more on the side. Uh, Mondays, again, we interview experts in fitness and health. And on Thursdays, it is just me waxing poetic on a topic that I either briefly touched on with a former guest or an upcoming guest. It's uh, something I wanted to elaborate, unpack a little bit more, or it's something that is trending in the health and fitness industry that I believe I, I need to add my two cents into. And it's an important topic. And today, that's what I'm going to be talking about. And it's why... Fitness and finance, and I've talked about this in the past before, have so many overlaps and they're, and they're so similar in how we should approach them, but people don't approach them the same way. So you, you look online now, there's so many nuanced conversations about fitness. I, you know, Obviously, I'm seeing all fitness stuff on my social medias because they're targeting me and that's my industry. So and that's my industry. So if you're general population, you're not seeing this as much, but people are so targeted and nuanced and pigeonholed in fitness. They get like, they only do, they only do CrossFit or they only do Olympic lifting or they only do yoga. And this is why you should do this. And this is why you should do that. There needs to be a more zoom out macro approach. Why are you exercising? What is the reason for people who are younger? It's typically vanity, unfortunately, and that's okay. Vanity is a gateway into health and fitness that gets you in the door. It's like, I want to look better. I want bigger biceps. So the girl next door notices me. I want to be, I want to look big and it's a confidence booster and it's totally fine to live for vanity. It's really fine to live for vanity at, at your entire life, but it's certainly fine in the beginning of your life. But eventually what happens is if you work with enough people, this isn't just anecdotal, but in a sense, you know, I have anecdotal experience from working with so many seniors. That is sort of my specialty working with seniors is you get to a point where people go, you know what? I wish I would have lifted differently. I wish I wouldn't have done all that Olympic lifting. I wish I wouldn't have focused so much on vanity and I wish I would have focused on focused on movement and health. And when I woke up in the morning that I didn't have, you know, these like Ronnie Coleman-esque back issues from trying to squat 450 my whole life. You know, it's ultimately when you're older, what you want to do is be pain-free. You want to be able to do what you want when you want to. And if you're 22, you're not even thinking about that because you don't have any, you know, sort of long-term wear and tear injuries yet. But when you're 42, you're going to have that. When you're 62, you're certainly going to have that. So, you know, I, I try to forewarn people, and sometimes it doesn't happen until they have an injury. They just have to learn on their own that ultimately the most important thing is injury prevention. It's not how you look. It's how you feel. And you're going to find that out as you grow older and as vanity means less to you and feeling good in the morning uh, feels more to you. And uh, that's, again, why I specialize in working with seniors who understand that and who come to me 
and they say, you know what, I have all these neck issues, I have all these cervical column issues, I have those postural issues from sitting in a desk my whole life or from working out the wrong way and I or from working out the wrong way and I you know I want to fix them and sometimes I don't want to say it's ever too late but they they aren't wrong in saying they should have started earlier and it's really hard to sort of you know backtrack and 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 get them into uh, you know better health and wellness uh, certainly from slowly you could do it but it, it would have been better if they started earlier and much like finance right I'm this is I'm going to tie this all back in we say the be- the best time to invest in your uh, your your finances was was uh, you know ten years ago. The next best time is today, and that's the same thing with health and fitness. Some people just keep kicking that can down the road to start worrying about injury prevention and movement patterns and and really being healthy overall, and not worrying about vanity. The best time to do that was ten years ago. The second best time is today. Is to start worrying about that today. And you know, just like in finance, ultimately most people's goal is to have let's say a four hundred one k and a retirement plan. That is the you know the the American dream, so to speak. I want to have assets. I want to have a house. I want to have some fun things, a boat, a jet ski, whatever. And I want to have a and I want to retire at sixty five, and I want to have some good retirement plan. Well, why don't we think about our health the same way? If you're that guy who's just blowing all his money and trying to make as much money as he can on the front end, and not worrying about where that money's going and not saving it investingly, you're that same person who's going into the gym, squatting four fifteen every day. And having to put on knee braces and not worrying about your long-term health and wellness, just like you're not, just like someone would be worried about their long-term finances. You have to put that money away. That's what a financial advisor would tell you. Well, a fitness advisor, myself, will tell you that you, you need to look at your health in that same way. We need to make sure that we're going into the latter years of our life. When we have the most money, we want to have the most ability to use that money. We don't want to be the least capable of using it. We don't want to be in a wheelchair. We don't want to have injuries. Now, this goes from two perspectives. From a from the people who are general population who are super unhealthy, you have to explain this to them. Say, "Hey, you don't you don't if you have diabetes and you're obese and you have all of these medical issues and you're on all these medications because you're not taking care of your body, you're not going to be able to spend that money that you saved." And then from the people who are uh, too far gone into fitness and so obsessed with vanity and doing uh, wear and tear on their joints and ligaments. Hey, listen, you want to also be able to do, you know, travel the world and go to Italy and, you know, walk around Rome when you're 65. You can't do that if you have all these nagging injuries because you were so concerned with vanity and not overall health and wellness and your lifting style was wrong. So you sort of, I have to explain that to both populations, people who are hyper obsessed with exercise and are not doing the right things and people who are not doing anything whatsoever. They're both in the same boat, right? So that would be the equivalent in the financial uh, industry of people who are not working hard at all and saving any money and people who are getting a ton of money and spending it all right away. Those, those are the two groups that would, that would mirror that. And, you know, I, there, there's so many times, times when I talk to good financial advisors like Pat Darby, who's a certified financial planner and also a tax specialist. He's been on the podcast multiple times. Pat always says things to the extent of, hey, listen, I may confuse you by allowing you to not get as much money back via our taxes in one year or two years. Why? Because I'm looking at the long-term health of your fitness business. And if over the course of 10 years, I can save you a million dollars, well, guess what? That may mean that in the first two years, we have to somehow backtrack a little bit and spend more money because I'm going to save you money over the long haul. I'm looking at the, you know, the extent of your entire career and making these decisions. Well, that's the same thing with health and fitness. Somebody who's rushing towards vanity, I might say, no, 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 no. listen, we have we have to take a step back. We're not going to get you 
you know, the, the 36 inch biceps that you want right away here, but I'm more worried about strengthening other muscles in and around that area so that as we build up, we're not going to patterns and, and synergistic dominance and things of this nature. You have to trust that the health professional knows what they're doing. But I want to go back to actually people who know what they're doing, who think they know what they're doing, and they're, and they're burning the candle at both ends, for lack of a better term. So we have, there's, in, in health and fitness, there are, there's two costs. There's a metabolic cost and there's a structural cost. So the metabolic cost, let's go ahead and say Steve decides to go run 10 miles today. There's a metabolic cost to that. Maybe I burn, who knows? 1800 calories. And that's a great that's a great metabolic cost of that. It's my goal. If I'm my goal is to burn calories and lose weight. Then there's a structural cost. If I'm running on that pavement, that pounding is causing potential long-term wear and tear of of my knees and my ankles and my hips and you know my joints and ligaments and tendons, right? They're all they're all being overworked. Now Yes, there is a, there is a another uh, side to the story here. I'm also strengthening some of there is a another uh, side to the story here. I'm also strengthening some of those things at the same time. But there's a there's a line of diminishing returns, right? There there is no free lunches. You you are doing some long-term sort of structural damage to if you're going to run 10 miles every day, let's say. So, we have to weigh out what is worth it and what is not worth it. And some people and I'm not just talking about runners, and this isn't, I'm not like sort of pigeonholing runners. I'm just using a, a, a vague example here. Some people are not looking at the fact that there is always a cost. There's always a metabolic cost to exercise and a structural cost to exercise. And we have to weigh out what's good and what's bad. That's why we know as personal trainers, or we should know, that there are great low impact or no impact exercises. What's a no impact exercise? Swimming. Going swimming, we don't, we don't have structural cost really to swimming. Yeah, of course you can say there's certain movements if you have like, let's say shoulder issues, uh, like backstroke and things of that nature, that could be a structural cost if you use. But as far as, you know, comparatively speaking, you, let's, let's at least call it a low impact exercise. Whereas in uh, jump squats would be a, a higher impact exercise. So we have to look at the impact that we're putting on our body long term because a 22 year old and a 62 year old there's going to be a, a difference in what you need to do. And there's also going to be a difference in, 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 in what they're able to do, their actual ability, not, not just what is better for them. So we have to look at structural costs and we have to look at metabolic cost when we're doing exercise, even as personal trainers. Remember that we may feel good now doing these exercises, but eventually if you look at a 50 year old, if you look at a 60 year old, if you look at the people who have been lifting in, in one plane of motion doing Olympic lifts their whole lives. They are a disaster because that is not what the body's supposed to do. We're supposed to move in all planes of motion. Okay. We have to move in frontal and sagittal and transverse. We have to squat and, and rotate. We have to move around. And sometimes you have to do it without load. You don't have to do all of those movements with load. You can do some of them without load for your clients and for yourself. But ultimately to bring this back to fitness and finance, not, I'm not telling everyone what their goal should be, okay? I'm not somebody who's telling you, you should, this should be your goal. But if your goal is, if you take a step back and zoom out and you say, my goal is to retire with money and my goal is to be healthy so I can get on the ground and play with my grandkids or I can, you know, travel the world with my significant other or I can go on hikes with my dog when I'm in my 50s, whatever, whatever it is that you want to be, you have to sort of reassess 
your exercise and fitness program. Audit your program, just like your financial advisor would audit your finances. You have to audit your fitness program and say, are these things potentially doing too much wear where I'm, I am going to face, lo- face long-term injury issues from these exercises? Is there a way that I can take something out and put something else in where I'm more focused on mobility and movement and health and long-term health and wellness and injury prevention and less focused on vanity? And I, I think that's it's so important. And, and again, everyone's goals are different. I'm not telling you what to do. But if your goal is that, if your goal is long-term health and wellness, you're going to have to audit your program and look at what, what exercises am I just doing for vanity? What exercises are probably going to be harmful for me or doing more damage than good from a structural cost perspective as I get older? Can I take those out? Is there a way I can do them with less load? Is there a way I can just substitute another exercise in for that? Because ultimately, you want to have the most money when you're, the, when you're still capable of using it. And if you're not capable of using it, either because you're super unhealthy, the general population is not doing enough, enough in fitness or because you're super unhealthy because you you have so many injuries from structural costs because you're overdoing it on the other end, you are either that person who is not saving any money or that person who is getting a ton of money and spending it all on the front end. That is your equivalent in the, in the finance industry. This has been an episode. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform and feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.